Welcome to Literary Speaking with Crystal Lee Quibell. Literary Speaking is the author's guide to writing and publishing, sharing tips and tricks for aspiring authors. Crystal Lee's expert guests will bring you the latest information on how to write and publish your book into being. Are you ready to tell your story? Here's your host. Welcome to Literary Speaking. I'm your host, Crystal Lee Quibel, and today we're talking with Kelly Notaris from KN Literary Arts. This is a book studio designed to help authors get their work into the world. Kelly, welcome to the show. Thank you, Crystal Lee. I'm happy to be here. Excellent. So what really is the role of an editor? Well, you know, the editor can play many, many different roles with an author. Obviously, the first and foremost is that the editor's job is to make sure the book is as good as it can possibly be. So that's actually working on the text themselves. But an editor can also work in a lot of different capacities, like coaching the author through the writing process, helping guide them so that they know they're going in the right direction. And then also I always say that being an editor is part therapist because it's a really intense process to be putting your work out into the world. And so as editors, we have to really build a relationship with our authors where there's trust and love there, and then we can help them to shepherd their baby out into into the world. Great. So what types of um, editing would one go through typically when we're writing the book? You know, there's different different types of writing or editing. What would... What are they exactly? Yeah, yeah. So this is a really good question because people talk about editors and it's sort of an umbrella term and it's not really clear exactly what each type of editor does because there are different editors who specialize in different types of things. So I like to say roughly that there are two different areas of editorial work. The first one is what I call content editing and the second one is technical editing. So Content editing is something that often gets overlooked. Um, new mm-hmm. writers, especially those who are going to self-publish, they, they, they think that they don't need any help up until the point of really looking at grammar or formatting or things like that. And, you know, some, some people don't. Some people are really excellent writers right out of the gate. As an editor and a writer myself, I can say that having content editing can take a sort of a, an, a pretty good book and make it amazing because this is where the editor looks at the flow of the work. They look at big mm-hmm. picture things. So they're looking at what we call developmental edits, helping the author develop their storyline if it's fiction or develop their argument if it's nonfiction throughout the book, talking about the organizational structure, whether the chapters are the right length, um, whether all the different you know, questions that get opened at the beginning of the book actually get closed at the end, things like that. So that's the developmental editing phase, which is one of the phases of content editing. The second phase of content editing is what we call line editing. And that, again, that's going in and working line by line, so it's not as global, but it's really working on the art of the, of the, the prose, looking at the flow, whether the ideas are clear, you know, a line editor will definitely look at grammar, but their number one goal is to make it sound really good. So Mm -hmm. those two, developmental editing and line editing, I put under content. And then under technical editing, that's where you get into what's called copy editing and proofreading. And a copy editor is someone who's been highly trained to look at the details. They are really well-versed in the, you know, let's say the – 
uh, Chicago Manual of Style, for example. They're going to be able to make sure that your book is everything is really consistent, that you, you're using your commas the right way, that, you're, um, that the formatting, again, is correct so that, you know, you've got the right subheadings and things like that. They're, they're really looking at the technical side of the book itself. And then finally, there's proofreading, which is just making sure there are no errors. And so those two are what I call technical editing. So content editing and technical editing are the, roughly the two areas that you need to know about. Absolutely, and really crucial, I think, when you're self-publishing, too, to think about. I know a lot of people have rushed to the press because they just want to get it out and get it done, but it's so, so important to have that work edited because you don't want to have, you know, spelling errors or repetitive content within your book. So I think it's really great for people, especially self-publishing, to know this information. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, when when you're working through a traditional publisher, you will have an editor assigned to you. So you'll have you'll have someone who's going to be referred to as your editor, and that person will do content editing. They'll do the developmental, they'll do the line editing. And then it'll get passed into production, and you may not ever actually be in con- connection or communication with your copy editor and your proofreader. But all of that's going to okay. be taken care of for you. But in self-publishing, it's not taken care of. So if you want mm-hmm. your book to be out there competing with the books that are traditionally published, then you need to invest in all of those different phases yourself. Absolutely. You know, the task of editing our work down can be really daunting, especially for first-time authors. What do you recommend for someone who's just completed their very first rough draft? So I, I actually follow the instructions of a dear friend of mine who works primarily in um, screenplay writing. Her name is Pat Verducci. She's amazing, wonderful screenplay writer, teacher, et cetera. But she always talks about first thing you do is put the book away for a week to a month. So don't even look at no. it for a week to a month because during that time, you, your, your system is relaxing. The book is sort of, you think of it as like, you know, you've got your yeast rising both inside of you and in the book, and you're just letting it settle for a while. Then the next thing to do is to read through the entire book in one fell swoop all at the same time. Sit down, set, set aside a day or two, read the whole thing through, and do not edit. In fact, don't even take notes as you're reading. Read it as a reader who might pick it up would, would see it and read it. That is your, a very precious moment because it's the only time you will ever read your book all the way through fresh without editing it. And so it's really wow. important to give yourself that time. And then after that, you can go back through and start taking notes on it and notice the places that as a reader you got stopped. Or the things that you'll, you'll see it with different eyes and you'll see if you're writing a novel, for example, that one subplot never got tied up, that you thought it did, you thought it was okay, but actually it really needs more help. So these are the kinds mm-hmm. of things you get to see from the reader perspective. And I always suggest that that's, you know, that, again, that's Pat Verducci's sort of workflow, and I love it, and I always um, suggest that to my authors now. I think that's fantastic advice. I never would have thought of that because whenever I write – you know, I immediately go into edit mode as soon as I'm done, mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> and I don't take a break. But taking a break, you know, you really do. You look at it with fresh eyes and not making those edits right away. Yep. When should an author really think about hiring an editor? Well, really, you can hire an editor at any point in the process. So 
Um, oftentimes we have clients that come to KN Literary who know that they want to write this book. It's this sort of novel has been percolating in their mind for years or they have maybe a memoir, a story from their childhood that they really want to get down on paper. But they haven't, they just haven't, they don't even know where to start really. So they come to us and we do coaching with them. We, get, we, we assign them an editor to help them flesh out their idea to create an outline, which is by far my number one most important piece of advice for new writers. Always, always, always start with an outline. And so we will help you start with an outline. An editor can help you do that. Of course, once you are, if you already are in the flow and you've, you've got your outline and you've written your book and you, you have it at a draft phase and you're asking yourself, well, is now the time to send it to an editor? I always say you know, make sure it's in the best possible shape that you can get it into. So I suggest doing that process I just said of letting it sit for a week to a month and then going and reading it through once cold and then doing an editorial round on it on your own. Because, you know, we can take your book a couple notches up from where it is. So if you can get it, say, from, you know, if you can get it up to a, a C plus, we can help you get it to an A. But if you deliver it to us and it's, all, it's still kind of like a D minus, we're only going to be able to get you to a C plus. So it's always mm-hmm. good for you to do as much editing on your side as possible before sending a final manuscript to us. But, you know, if you, if you want an editorial assessment, many editors, including us, but other people too, will, will read through the manuscript and give you notes. And that, that's sort of an interim phase. If you're pretty sure it's not as good as you can get it, but there are some question marks that you're not, you don't know how to answer yet, don't go all the way into an editorial package. You know, don't, don't go there yet. Just hire someone to read it through and give you notes on it that you can then go back and do the editing of the next round yourself. Great. So, I mean, when we're hiring editors, it can it can kind of be overwhelming because there's a lot of people online that are offering editing and ghostwriting services. And so I've, I found when I was looking, it was, it was really overwhelming. So is there any way for someone to know that someone is legit? Is there any sort of checklist an author can follow to make sure they're hiring somebody that's reputable? Mm, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is one of the reasons why I – started KN Literary is because so many, I was, I was in contact with so many first-time authors who just didn't know where to even start to find an editor. And there are a lot of people out there who call themselves editors, and they've just thrown out a shingle. Maybe there's somebody who, you know, was good at English in high school or really likes to read, and then they, they decide they're an editor. Are they going to be able to help you? Maybe. But if you want professional editorial skill and someone who really knows what they're doing, I always say start off first by picking someone who edits books for a living. <laughs> Make sure that yeah. that is their primary job. Because if, you, if you're an editor, you can make a good living at, with your primary job being ed- editing. And if you're not yet doing that, that probably means you don't yet have the experience that your client is going to want. So that's the first thing is find someone who does it for a living. And then, you know, again, the reason I started Can Literary is because we actually endorse and stand by the editors that we 
um, assigned to our projects. So find some sort of a reputable agency or studio or collective that can say we vouch for these editors. We know that, th- that they're experienced. We've looked at their work. We know that they're, doing, they're going to do a great job. They're going to do right by you. So that's a really fail-safe way to go. Um, we, we always, if, some, if our client is not happy with the work that our editor has done, we make it right. And that's something that you won't get if you just hire an editor direct like a freelance editor. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. if you do find a freelance editor online, and you can. You can just Google your hometown and book editor, and you, you'll find people make sure that they give you a list of references and a book list. You know, they can talk to you really um, articulately about the editorial process, about their experience, about the books that they've worked on, where they've been published, if they're out in the world. Um, And even if you feel like you want to, talk to a a client of theirs who's, you know, worked with them in the past. So, you know, my general sense is you either find someone who's going to do the research for you, like an organization like KN Literary, or do your research yourself. Absolutely. What can an author really do that helps their editor as well? Because, you know, I think a lot of people hire, there's some people who hire editors thinking they're going to just take over and do all the work. But I mean, there has to be this sort of working relationship. So what can they really do to help the editor? Yeah, I would say that the first thing that I always ask and Um, You know, if I'm going to work with someone on a book, I'm going to make sure that they have this, is that they actually have an outline. So please, please, please. So there's going to be people who are listening to this who are going to think, no, I don't like to write with an outline. It needs to just flow out. And there is a way that that can work. And, and of course, your outline is going to be um, a living document. It's not going to be the exact same. The book is not going to be written exactly as per the outline you started with. But the outline gets your mind on the structure. It starts you thinking about the organization. And that is the most important element of a successful book. It has to be well-structured. It has to be Mm well-thought out. It has to be well-organized. So number one is an outline. And I'll say for anyone who's listening who hasn't started with an outline but already has a manuscript or is pretty far along, I suggest doing what we call a retroactive outline. So you can go back Mm. through and read your book and create an outline as you go. That will help you see the places where there's too much content versus the places where there's not enough content because you'll see the balance and you'll see where it's on and where it's off. So highly recommended first step, create an outline either before or after you've written your book. And, um, and then the thing I said earlier, get it into the best possible shape that you can get it into. Do, go through the editorial process yourself and make sure that you're delivering to your editor the best possible version that you can. And, and I'll also say just as a side, side note, you know, unless you're working with a technical editor right away, it's nice to do a little formatting cleanup. <laughs> Sometimes there's you know, <laughs> manuscripts that are just like all over the place. It's like, oh, you're an editor. Yeah. You, you can fix it. Like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to start on the global level. I'm going to look at the big picture ideas and the flow of the content and all these things. I need to be able to read it to do that. So always double space, always, always, always double space, always number your pages, always use a normal size font and normal margins. It's, you know, not better to make your font super small so you can get it into a shorter number of pages or even make it super big. <laughs> Set it, you know, a normal normal font, normal formatting so that your editor is actually going to be able to read it without having to, like, figure out where the start of this, the paragraph should be and things like that. Absolutely. I think it's, you know, when I first finished mine, it was kind of all over the place. So I went through and I just did the standard 12-point, Times New Roman, double-spaced, 
and just yep. made everything clean with very clear titles for each chapter separating, yep. you know, the chapters from one another. And I think when I delivered it to my editor, they were so grateful that it yes, wasn't totally. just a big exactly. mess. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to have to go through. I once got a manuscript that it was, I mean, there were no chapters in this manuscript. It was actually a manuscript that had been um, commissioned by Hay House. And I was working for Hay House, you know, as a freelancer at the time. And I got this manuscript. I couldn't believe it, but I had to go through and figure out where the starts of the chapters were, which just was a waste of my time and my energy. And also just didn't, I, I didn't then show up to the reading of it fresh because I'd already been through it trying to figure out how to make it formatted. So definitely do that for your editor, and your editor will be very happy with you. Absolutely. So, I mean, you've had so much experience in editing and writing and working with, you know, big publishing houses. What did you see? Did you see any common mistake when people were submitting their books? So you mean submitting it as um, to try to get a, a publisher to buy it? Yeah, so anybody that was querying or their book proposals, were there any yeah. any common mistakes that could be avoided? Well, I mean, there are a couple of different things. First is, if you, especially if you're working with a book proposal, make sure that you're using a traditional book proposal format. Don't go, don't try to do anything cute. I mean, I can remember <laughs> people sending in like, you know, a cake with their, their submission or things like that. There was one time, actually, that a woman um, sent in a gift certificate. She was a swimsuit designer, and she sent in a gift certificate for one of her very expensive swimsuits. So that's actually, I appreciated that as a poor you know, <laughs> editor in New York. But, um, but I, I would say, in general, just send it in in the normal format, which is something that you can find online very easily. We offer um, information on, at knliterary.com as well. But just like you want to have the basic you know, overview of the book. You want to have your author bio, your marketing sections, your sample chapters, your, you know, extended table of contents. You need to have all these pieces there. So just make sure you really follow the format. When it comes to traditional publishing, the keyword is traditional. You know, don't go too far out on a limb. Try to, to really present it in a way that you, you see it um, presented online. And, you know, then the truth of the matter is when it comes to getting in with a traditional house, you need an agent. So the thing I would say that one of the big mistakes that happens with agencies is that um, people don't follow that particular agency's guidelines when they're submitting. So I know it's a pain in the rear, but go to the website of every agent you're planning to submit to, click on their, you know, how to submit link, and then keep a spreadsheet of what they want. Do they want an email? Do they want a query? Do they want you to have a sample chapter right away? Or do they just want you to send a note? Um, who exactly is it going to at the agency? Do they want you to call and follow up? Or do they want you to wait here? All of that information is very particular to each agent. And they will, you know, if you do not follow those rules, that's they're the only excuse they need to not take you on as a client because they want to make sure that if they do take you on, you're going to be easy to work with and you can follow instructions. So that would be my number one tip in terms of looking for an agent, which is that first step to get in the door with a traditional publisher. Great. So what kind of, I mean, you've got KN Literary Arts as this amazing book boutique. What can you do for an author? So if an author approaches you, what sort of packages do you offer and how do you kind of break it down to help people? Yeah. So we, just like any creative endeavor, 
there is no, it's an art and not a science. So we do have particular packages, and I'll tell you about a few of them. But we also, the, the number one most important thing for us is to have people send us information. We have a questionnaire on our website. You fill it out. We study that. And then one of my editorial matchmakers will get on the phone with you and have a phone call. It's, it's really important for us to feel you out and get a sense, are we the right people for you? So editing is a relationship first and foremost, and so we want to make sure that it's the right relationship to start. Um, so, and, and if somebody needs something that's not on our traditional menu, we are glad to create specialized packages for people's needs. But just to give you an idea of sort of, you know, what types of packages we offer, if you have not yet written your book, we do a really wonderful coaching package that we call Idea to Outline Coaching. And that's where we help you vision what the book can be. It's a really great place because we can help you see what's going to work about your idea, not just on the page, but also in the marketplace. Because we have a lot of expertise around what's working out there. And so we can say, well, you know, this idea is good, but if you were to tweak it, Specifically for this audience, that is working right now. So what if you were to do, you know, rather than having it be a book for all parents, why don't you make it a book for working mothers? That, that will tailor that idea more narrowly, and you'll find your niche more easily. So that's the kind of thing we can do if we start with you from the beginning. Um, we have a, several packages that we call our Vision Plus packages. That's where we start with that kind of visioning with you, help you build the idea from the ground up, either you know, for your book proposal, if that's where you want to start, if you want to go traditional route, or if you're going to self-publish, we'll help you do it for the, the book itself. And then we coach you through the writing process, and then we do three rounds of edits on the final manuscript, whether it's a proposal or a full-length book. So that's one package we sell a lot of because people really love the idea of having a partner with them the whole way through. They're not doing this alone. They've got someone they can talk to. So that's one that's great before the book. We also do ghostwriting packages for folks who either don't have time or just don't know that they're not going to have the skill to sit down and write the book mm -hmm. themselves. So that's another one on the front end. On the back end, once you have your book written, we do a manuscript assessment, which is a really great way to just get a snapshot of where your book is right now from a professional editor. So that's a great one. Oh, that's also perfect. Our, yeah, exactly. That's a really good one that people love. And our, probably our most popular editorial package period is our developmental editorial package. So that is a full you know, round, three rounds of content editing, developmental edit, line edit, and a final read-through. And that's by far our most popular package because people, once you've got a manuscript written, people really need that help. They need those, those, that second set of eyes. And that's a traditional um, package sort of spread that you would get if you were working with a, a publishing company and you had a content editor. They would do about three rounds of edits on your book for you. So that's what we offer there. And one other thing I'll say is that we do also offer marketing coaching because these days if you don't have a marketing platform, if you don't have an audience, no matter how good your book is, you're going to have a hard time finding a traditional publisher and you're going to have a much mm -hmm. harder time even finding an audience. So we can help you get started and get that platform underway, and that's become one of our more popular packages as well. So how many edits total, you know, for a, that would be typical for a book from the very first draft until it's available on the bookshelves in the store? What, how many yeah. rounds are typical for an edit? Well, generally, you're gonna we're talking about six or seven rounds. Um, that is, if you're 
working through a traditional publisher. So you'll have a round that's going to be a developmental round. You're likely to get an editorial letter after that and then maybe some notes in the margins on the manuscript. That's where you take it back and you, if you need to overhaul it or if you need to add a chapter or if you need to rearrange things, et cetera, that's, that's where you get that information is the developmental edit. Then there's a book on line edit, which, as I said earlier, is the art of the prose itself. Um, then oftentimes there's one more read because when you go back and make your changes to, in that line edit phase, your editor is going to want to go back and make sure that everything got smoothed out. So not a lot of editing happens on that last round, but it's really important to make sure that all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. So that's mm -hmm. the content editing part that happens with the person who will be your, quote, editor at your traditional publishing company. Um, then it goes into copy editing. There's one round of copy editing. Again, this is a really technical edit. It requires a very technical set of skills to make sure that this you know, all the different pieces of the grammar in place and the formatting, et cetera. And then at most traditional houses, it goes through three rounds of proofreading. And that's because as, you know, we, we are human. There is human error. Things get skipped over. Also, when corrections from the first round of proofreading get input, other mm -hmm. um, errors get inserted. So we do generally three rounds. So that's a total of six or seven rounds if you're working through a traditional house. I always say if you're going to be self-publishing, get as much editing as your budget allows, keeping in mind that you're competing with books that have been through six or seven rounds. But if you are on a budget and you can't afford that much, which I understand because editing is not cheap, I would say at least one round of, um, of content editing maybe ask someone to do a combo edit, developmental and line edit at once, um, and then at least one round of technical editing. Ideally, you're going to have a copy edit and a proofread, but if you can't do that, then, a then, then get a good copy editor who will hopefully catch all the errors. Um, keep in mind, though, that a copy edit happens before the book is set into type. So before it's actually okay. formatted so it looks like a book, and many, many errors can get inserted between the copy edit and that final, you know, the final book in the store. So I do, again, I really recommend a copy edit and a proofread, and the proofread happens after the book has been set into type. That's fantastic advice. Well, thank you so much for being here today. Kelly, you've been such a wealth of information for our listeners, both traditionally published and those looking to self-publish. Thank you so much. It's been really fun to be here with you. Great. Kelly Notaris can be found at www.knliterary.com. Join us next time on Literary Speaking for more tips and tricks on how to get your work published as we speak with literary agent Carly Waters of PS Literary. Keep the conversation going on Twitter at WriterCrystal, hashtag Literary Speaking. I'm your host, Crystal Lee. Thank you for tuning in. If you'd like more information on the Vivid Life campaign, please visit us on Facebook, facebook.com slash vividlife.me. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Literary Speaking with your host, Crystal Lee Quibell. To start discovering how you can begin telling your story, go to crystalleequibell.com. That's crystalleequibell, Q-U-I-B-E-L-L.com. And sign up for Crystal Lee's newsletter. Join us again next week for more advice from your favorite authors and publishing professionals.